0: Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Each of us should pursue an authentic life. I believe there's high value in being real. Nobody sets out to be a hypocrite. It was in the late 19th century a school notebook entitled Forms of Writing was discovered at Mount Vernon, George Washington's country home on the Potomac. The notebook dates from when Washington was 14 years old and attended school in nearby Fredericksburg, Virginia. Inside the cover, in George's handwriting, we find the foundation of his morality and character, 110 rules of civility, in conversation amongst men in a piece in atlantic review magazine it was said that washington copied these from the english translation of an old french work from the 13th century and that these rules had reached beyond that time into washington's day here are the few rules for you speak not when others speak sit not when others stand and walk not when others stop In visiting the sick, do not presently play the physician if you don't know what you're saying. That's still a good advice. Strive not with your superiors in argument, but always submit your judgment to others in modesty. Another, undertake not what you cannot perform, but be careful to keep your promise. Detract not from others, but neither be excessive in commending. And when you speak of God, or his attributes, let it be seriously in reverence and honor and obey your parents. One more, labor to keep alive in your chest that little spark of celestial fire called conscience. George Washington. Washington is the president I think we most relate to being authentic, real, no artifice No mask, no showmanship, just real. He wasn't perfect. He was not without flaws, but he was real. Welcome, everybody, to Daily Devotion. This week, I want to spend some time talking about authenticity and the power of being authentic. Let's start with a curious statement Solomon made in Ecclesiastes. Chapter 9, For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. For a living dog is better than a dead lion. Let me give you four preliminary observations about that passage. First of all, life is precious. We remember that values are indicated by the word better. Better is a living dog than a dead lion. The obvious message is this. It's better to be alive than dead in this situation. It's better to be a living dog than a dead lion. Life is precious. Here's another thing about this passage. Where there is life, there is hope. It doesn't matter a person's station in life. Hope transforms a person. The fact of life is more important than its form. To the ancient Eastern mind, the lion was the symbol of all that was brave and kingly and majestic, while the dog was a contemptible symbol of all that was base. Now, there's no comparison between a living dog and a living lion. But when the lion dies, so does its regal bearing. So does its voice of thunder, its roar. So does its courage. Only the appearance and the form are left behind. Then and only then, it seems Solomon was right, that a living dog is better than a dead lion. Some people value appearance, though, more than reality. Israel had engaged in the sin of being artificial. And the preacher of Ecclesiastes is taking Israel to task. He's saying, you set great store on the pomp, the pageantry, the form, the outward show, as if that's all that's important. And he's lashing out against the crime and the sin of being artificial, superficial, hypocritical. You see, Israel was posturing but their posturing was as empty as a dead lion. It was an age where the sham of appearance became more important than reality. I would say that the sin of being artificial is even more alive today. In politics, we live in the age of sound bites, where the contest is not between character, but between who can coin the best phrase. The cynical amongst us could easily say that the real issue is not character, but appearance in politics. Better is an honest man in office who will vote his conscience than the sham who has no life within. It's true in politics. It's true in outward appearance. People spend great time and money to look good. And looking good is often more important than being good. I've been to places like this from Los Angeles to New York, have it here in Houston as well. A place where you can buy all sorts of things that look like the real thing, but they're not. The Rolexes are fake. The 24-karat gold is 24-karat pyrite, fool's gold. The Montblanc Blanc pens are fake. The Chanel's, the Gucci's, the Versace's, they're all knockoffs. Now, granted, it's tamed every now and then. Someone's fine. Probably somebody goes to jail. But soon they're right back in their usual haunts. And on the street corners, peddling and hawking their merchandise again. Because they know something appearance is valued more than authenticity. The same goes for our social life and customs. We see people spending a week or more paycheck to be dressed right for an occasion. But looking the part isn't always being the part. Better to wear something you already have than to sacrifice on life's necessities for a frill. Better is a living dog than a dead lion. People scurrying here and there for what? Periodically, our city hosts homebuilders associations, giant displays. But if you look into a cabinet, you'll realize there's nothing there. There's no shelves, much less groceries. Look behind a sofa cushion, no cracker crumbs, no evidence of life there. There is a maxim in this age. Perception is reality. But that's not the case. Many times the perception is nothing more than a dead lion. It goes as well for our church life. It can happen, yes, amongst those that are churchgoers. We have well-educated, well-mannered, well-liked, well-dressed, well-thought-of people. But there may be something missing, like life itself. The question is, and must always be, can these bones live? Better is a heart throbbing with love and excitement than a dry and intellectual religion. Better is a living dog than a dead lion. But I warn you, there is a high cost to becoming real. You may remember the story, the Velveteen Rabbit. A little boy gets a special gift in his stocking. He's excited about that little stuffed rabbit at first, but then the toy just goes in the toy box with all of his other playthings. The velveteen rabbit is cool with it, though. Most of the toys in the nursery don't want to talk to him. But the wise old skin horse tells him what it's all about, and what it's like to be real. He said, see, when a child loves you for a really long time, plays with you, wears you out, then you become real. The rabbit's not too sure about this whole thing, getting worn out part, but he would really like to be real one day was one night Nana, the lady in charge of the nursery, gives the boy their velveteen rabbit to sleep with. After that, the boy and the rabbit became best friends. The rabbit's fur starts to wear and his seams are coming apart from too much holding, too much handling, too much love. But he doesn't mind. One day the boy tells Nana that his rabbit isn't a toy at all, it's real. In summertime, the velveteen rabbit is playing outside with the boy when a group of wild rabbits come up to him. They want to play with him, but the rabbit can't move because he's just a stuffed animal. Eventually, the rabbits realize that the Velveteen Rabbit isn't a wild rabbit like them at all, and they run away, and it just about breaks the poor little rabbit's heart. Eventually, the boy gets sick with scarlet fever, and the rabbit stays with him in bed until he recovers but the day before the boy is supposed to leave for the seaside, the rabbit hears that he is going to be burned along with all of the bedclothes, everything in that bedroom. Apparently, he's covered in germs, but he's rescued from the burn bin by becoming real. Much later, the boy is out playing in the woods by his house and he comes across some wild rabbits. And One of them looks very familiar. It reminds him of the bunny he used to have before he got sick. Of course, in the story, we know the Velveteen Rabbit has become real and came back to find his special friend who helped him to become real. The lesson of that story, once you are real, you can't be unreal again. It lasts for always. I think that has a powerful message to us today. Can I tell you the five costs to becoming real? Becoming real means you die to your personal wishes. The difference between being real and unreal is seen in that living dog and dead lion. A death had taken place. The posturing has to die. And true humility must be born. Another cost. Becoming real means you must become patience. And your patience possess you, your souls. Why must I be patient? Because being real means you honestly believe that the character will win out if you wait long enough. Here's another cause. Becoming real means forgetting about yourself, that you value others more than yourself. Becoming real means you let yourself be hurt. You're not impervious to everything going on around you. You're transparent, and that means you're vulnerable. And finally, becoming real means you stay real. Hypocrisy are the art of wearing masks will be foreign to you. No posturing, no playing the roles, no just looking the part. The advantage of being real is indeed very real. Real people don't mind being alone. They like who they are and who they become. Real people enjoy their own company. Real people are at peace with their fellow man. Real people are at peace with God and therefore at peace with all of eternity. In Genesis five twenty four, we read of a man named Enoch, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. If we ever get to the place where we are not, we will be accepted by God. Today, we approach the Lord in life, not as posturing lions, but as humble canines. We come before the Lord's presence, realizing that he is indeed the source of all life and our strength, and to be transparent with God and open before God, to say, Lord, search me, know me, see if there be any wicked way in me, know my heart. I want to be real before you, God. I want to be transparent before you, because there is no way I can be real with others, and there's no way I can be honest with myself until I step in the light as he is in the light, And I allow the searchlight of his love to look over me. There was a song we sang growing up in this, watching you, watching you. There's an eye of the Lord watching you. Used to sort of give me the shivers as a child. But the older I get, the more comfort I take in knowing that the Lord is indeed watching me. With eyes as lamp of fire, he's searching my heart He's trying the reins of my heart. He knows my conscience. He knows my down-sitting, my uprising, everything about me, and yet He loves me. I want to be authentic in the sight of God so that I can be transparent and I can be real to everyone I come in contact with. This week, we're talking about authenticity. We need this. Thank you for sharing a daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way.